This is The Rabbit Hole with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson for tyre power. Their buying power puts the power in your lane. Follow us on Twitter at Rabbit Hole SEN. Hello, everyone. Welcome. It is The Rabbit Hole. Uh, this is for tyre power. Get four for three on selected Kumo tyres. Your trusted tyre experts. That's tyre power. After um, a short hiatus where we had a week off, um, we are back and we've got lots to talk about because... Um, We've been away and done our own stuff. Tim Watson's with me. G'day, Whispers. G'day, buddy. How are you going? Oh, buddy boy. <laughs> How um, are you today? I had a good holiday. I know you did. You didn't because you kept working on your channel Wisp. I had to work all the way through. In fact, I probably even worked harder than what I normally work. I don't know if you worked harder, but I did. I did. I had a big interstate trip in the middle of all that oh, as well. Oh, yeah. What, you went up to the Matildas. Yes. What happened there? Uh, lots happened up there. Had a lot of problems up there. <laughs> so were you out on the ground oh, doing the channel? So I've missed all this. Talk <laughs> about technical issues. Yeah. Oh, my goodness me. What? You know these things? So Everything worked beautifully up until the time that we're actually on air. And then, and then it all started to fall apart. Some nipsy next door said, hang on, is your internet still up? No, it's not. You had to get a signal. We had to get a Wi-Fi signal out of Sydney so that we could hook up with the Melbourne News. Was Peter Mitchell there? Uh, yeah, yeah, Mitch was thrown to me. Was okay. he in Sydney? <laughs> no, he wasn't in Sydney. He was back in the studio, right, in studio conditions. Right. I was on the road on assignment. Anyway, so... Everything, you know, we have we have autocue. Everything has to be timed out in news, right? So that's why we use autocue. And you get so used to the everything and the script being in the screen, that type of thing, right? So just before we're about to go to air, I had all these crosses that I had to do in the front part of the news. Well, throw I, to this and yeah, throw, throw to that. that. Yeah, like, because I'm the man on the you spot. You are the man. I am the man. You are the number one man. <laughs> For that short period of time, I was the number one man on the spot. So... I'm thinking, okay, no, we're okay. You know, we're okay. Everything's still working for us because mm-hmm. everyone else is down. You know, they're saying, oh, no. The, you know, and I'm saying to Richie, the camera guy, I'm saying, Richie. no, we're okay, Richie. He said, yeah, no, thumbs up, thumbs Give up. Give thumbs up. Thumbs up emojis all around. And so the, the, the script is in the screen, right? So I'm looking That's down. That's an auto cue. That's right. I'm looking down the barrel of the camera so all the words are reflected right. back at me. So I just have to read that, right? So it's I'm not, not that hard a job, really. No, it's not easy. You train a monkey to do that. <laughs> And so I'm just thinking, everything's fine, you're nice and relaxed. And the words are there in the screen. And then Mitch starts talking. So I can see his script in the screen as well. How long does this story go? No, not very long. We've got half an hour. And <laughs> so I'm about, I'm watching the words in the screen. Yeah. Right. And? They don't move. They're stuck. <laughs> it's frozen. That is funny. That is That's, very. And oh. there's just that panic and fear. That just completely comes over you. Absolute terror. Because I'm seeing it there and I'm thinking it's going to happen. I'm not even preparing for anything. (laughs) And you're reading it and you're going, you're getting down to the end of your auto cue and you go, and the Matildas, and you know the last word that it, before it moves is playing, and you go, and the Matildas are <laughs> playing. <laughs> worse than that. What'd you do? Well, worse than that, because then, we, then I lost audio as well. Oh, no audio. So I had no audio. I had okay. no communication with anybody. Okay, just stop there, right? Because there'd be people going, what, this, is, this is silly. No, this is real. This so is real. Yeah. When you are, you are live on television, because this has happened to me, not the auto cue mm. part, but where something's happened and you need, because we have an earpiece, yep. right? People may not realise this. Mm. You have an earpiece where the producer says, Tim, uh, the auto cue's down, so mm. throw, to you, yeah. throw to the horse package, mm. right? Mm. So at least then you go, oh, listen, I know something. But n- when you've got no sound and your auto cue's down, you're standing in the middle of Allianz Stadium and doing the news 
with no idea on live television what you're supposed to do. And and so the only way that I can be communicated to is that Richie, right? Cameraman. Yeah, who's a terrific, terrific fella, right? So then he thinks, okay, the only way that I can speak to the control room and the producers and the directors is on my mobile phone. So he's rung them on his mobile phone. While you're on air. While I'm on air, right? So then he's waiting for their cue through his mobile phone to give me my cue. Well, but how can he communicate that to you? Does he have to do signals <laughs> like a horse? He, he's standing on the other side of the camera with his hands in the air going, you know, like counting down with his fingers. Oh, dear idea. It's like charades on live television. It got worse. It got worse because we're up there for – I had to get back early on the Thursday morning, so we booked a flight then for 10 o'clock, and I thought, oh, we'll hang around for a little while. We'll watch the game, then we'll go to the airport. But we didn't have time to do that, so we actually had to pack up then take the all the gear, the hire car, back to the airport, get a shuttle bus, and then bring all the gear back from oh. the hire car back to the airport. I'm thinking, okay, how much of this game am I going to see tonight, right? So I finally found a cafe restaurant in the airport that actually had the big screen on, right? So I think, great, I'm finally sitting down. The flight's not till 10 o'clock. I should be able to watch the whole game. I start watching it, and then the lights go off, and the proprietor of the restaurant Shuts the game down. His bill. Shuts the game down <laughs> at half time. So I'm awarding him the most un-Australian <laughs> act of anybody over the last 25 well, how years. How many people were in there? Well, there was everybody that could get a, <laughs> a seat that couldn't get into the lounge. I didn't have a pass to get into the lounge. Oh, you've had a oh, nightmare. It was a shocking day. It was a shocking day, and then we lost the game as well. Stress for you is just off the charts. Anyway, I've been wanting to get that off my chest for a little while now. Glad you did. Yep. Because I did, when we came back on radio, there was a couple of people saying, ask the whisper about his news cross up in Sydney. I, oh, didn't, no. I hadn't seen it. It was shies and ours, and don't go and watch it. It's uh, it's embarrassing. But anyway, these things happen when Did you're doing Did you get into it, it, the Matildas? Oh, 100%. I got right, 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 right into it. And yeah. all the people around me, in my family and everybody else, as the ratings reflected, like there was just the whole country was watching it. So, But it's so funny, isn't it? Like the person I was watching it with – with Susie, right? So she has never, ever sat and watched a game of soccer in its entirety. And in a her... harsh critic, I'd say. She, yeah, yeah she forms strong she, opinions quickly. I, lo- I love her. <laughs> I love her take on things. In fact, they marry up with mine. <laughs> often, they, often they do. In yes. fact, I reckon sometimes they're a little bit stronger than yours. <laughs> and yours are pretty powerful and strong. Anyway, so we're watching and, yeah, like she's got advice for – Sitting there watching for five minutes, she's got advice for all the players. Like we and, all do. And we she, all become And experts. she's pretty good too. She spotted one and she thought, oh, I'm not sure that one's up to it. And anyway, that one made a big, big mistake in that very important game. And she was spot on. But then that penalty shootout game oh. against... Um, what about that? Who Was that against... Um, against the opposition. Yeah, who were we playing? That was... Um, we were playing... The Danes, weren't we? No, the French, yes. Sorry, the French. Yeah, the French. So I'm getting it all confused. There was so much that we watched during that time. So that penalty shootout game against the French, right? So I'm sitting there with somebody who's never watched a game of soccer in their lives. And they've never watched a penalty shootout. In fact, they didn't know that the penalty shootout was the way that that game might have been decided. After about two penalty shots, we're getting advice from the other person as to where they should aim the ball. Just hold on. I've got to talk to me, mate, who's delivering a parcel. Just leave her on the front there. Yep. Thanks a lot. There you go. 
Sorry, whisper. And that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> Let's leave that bit in. Yeah. Don't cut that out at all. Sorry. Anyone else you want to talk to while well, I'm talking to you? Well, when he buzzes to get into the apartment, I'll have to let him in. Otherwise, you're going to have to go to no, the post enough. office and pick fair it up. Enough. What's the parcel? Could be me jocks. Or <laughs> I don't what know. have you ordered? I don't know. Probably Nicky, I would imagine. But right. anyway, he's in and he's done. Sorry, you, I interrupted you. You've ordered Nicky? <laughs> no, it would be something she's ordered. Right. Anyway, so this per- Susie's giving advice then yeah. for the penalty shootout. Free advice. Yeah, <laughs> but not only that. Then the goalkeepers. <laughs> she was doing it. So in the space, in the space, <laughs> in the space of a couple of hours, and I'm sure this was going on <laughs> around in every country. lounge room around the country. Yep. People sitting there watching a game for the first time, mm. right? So completely, um, and people immersed in this. And then the day after, the day after that uh, final that we lost, the semi final, I went up to Wood End. And mm. I'm talking to a couple of bikes and a bloke. I said, oh, did you watch the soccer? Yeah, mate. Yeah, we watched it. Yeah, yeah. Not much of a game. You know, the way they just kick the ball around and all that sort of stuff. I won't, I won't be watching another game. I won't be watching another game. Minority? But the, no, no, I, I think that's true. I don't. No, I think it's true. I think people watched it because it was an event and you're an Australian and the Australian team was doing really well. But I don't think a lot of people will be engaged in the game as a result of that. What, the broader game or the Australians that played the game? No, the broader game. You know, because the fallout from it all is, you know, oh, this is the greatest shot in the arm. For, and I think there's going to be a lot of kids that will want to play soccer as a result of yeah. what happened. Mm. But I don't think for the broader community, I don't think the game will have won over people that may be already engaged in NRL or okay. AFL or whatever whatever else that might be that they like to watch. Yeah, I think the whole national and the World Cup element turbocharges the, the interest, right? So everyone. But the then the standard of the game itself mm. was such that had me happy to watch, like, I'd be happy to watch it again. So it's won me. So I thought the standard was, I don't, you know, I don't, I have no prejudice about watching male or female sport. I, I want to watch a really good contest. Yeah. So if I'm watching men play sport at a level that's no good, I'm not going to watch it. Mm. And the same from a female point of view. Yep. But that was of a high standard and that made me happy to watch it and I'll watch it again. Yeah, that's true. But my point is that it won't mean that it converts all those people that watch the Matildas play no, no. into fans of women's soccer in this country to watch the domestic competition. No, that's that, that that's my point I'm making, yeah, okay? Sure. But it will it will mean that young kids are now more interested in soccer maybe than they've ever been before because they've discovered it. And maybe they will, they're talking to their parents saying, oh, you know, I want to get involved in, yeah. that, in that sport. And who knows what that leads to. That's not exclusive to the female team either because no, no. all the big stars that are now we know about, or when I say we, those that hadn't followed it that closely, they all head off to play overseas. And it's, it's like the, our males, mm. you know, the men. Mm. And they, with, they make it and then they don't stay in the domestic competition. They don't play in the A-League. Like the biggest superstar men that we've got, well, yeah, mainly, let's say. Maybe, maybe They hit overseas. Not to top you in any way, but maybe this is a Sound, better... Sounds like Maybe it. this is a better, a better example. Sounds exactly what you do. I really love the game of basketball, right? Mm. But I'm more in tune with the NBA than what I am the NBL. Well, that's me. I'm a Spurs fanatic. 100% you are. Spurs? Yes. What, San Antonio Spurs? Tottenham Hot Spurs. I was talking about basketball. But I was giving you the, I was, I didn't want to top you, but I, I wanted to overtop your topping. <laughs> this is confusing. I went with the Tottenham Hot Spurs. Because there's San Antonio Spurs mm. in the NBA. Yeah. Anyway, is that, 
Um, that's a reasonable example, isn't it? So I'm, I, I am invested in NBA and yes. I watch the NBA. Yes. But I would choose to watch the NBA over the NBL because it's a higher standard what and a more the, elite standard. Okay. So the, on that point, the FIBA World Cup is on. Mm. And the Australians that play in the NBA are playing for Australia. Are you going to get as immersed in that as you were with the Matildas? Yes. And no, you won't. Will you? No, no. Hang on. No. What I'm going to say now is that if, if that, if that FIBA World Cup, right, was in prime time here in Australia, yes, and the Australians started doing well, even if they weren't doing that well, and it was on prime time on free to air TV, good like, point. It it would still it would get massive massive mm. coverage, and people would be investing in this team, yep. even though they may not be basketball fans. I agree with that. That's a lot of sport. Do we that, agree on that? Yeah, I agree with that. Right, I agree. Mate. I right agree. With okay, that. let's turn our attention to something else because you had a massive, massive weekend last week because you had a great, great reunion all the way back to Kyabram. You haven't caught up with a lot of these people for I how know, many years? Well, it was a 1983 under 18, Golden Valley under 18 grand final premiership team reunion, which is 40 years ago. Was and Troy McCormick there? Was he there? Mm. He, he was front and square. He, he got stubby holes made. <laughs> stubby holders made he for did. us. He did. Would, I know. What was on the stubby Too hold? good, too tough. <laughs> he left the no off. Why though. didn't you bring? <laughs> he left the no off. He was, he had that's t, okay. He had T.O. good, T.O. tough. <laughs> that's and okay. tough T.U.W.F. Because the less letters, it doesn't cost That's right. That's <laughs> a... <laughs> <laughs> Troy McCormick. Why didn't you bring one back for uh, me? I left it. At, uh, it's in Kyabra. My, my right. sister rang me, who I stayed with, and she, we were 20 minutes heading back, and she said, you left your stubby old. I said, oh, hang on, look, I'll get it again. Troy McCormick was a um, star. He's, he was, he's an indig- Indigenous uh, lad and was tough and hard, and um, anyway, he's in Townsville, I think. Right. No, Bundaberg. Bundaberg, mm. yeah. How and come he, I know more than how you? Do, how come you do know? I've been doing some research. Well, he, he flew down. Our captain, who are Carling, flew down from Darwin. We talked about this because you're having your school reunion, which if it's as successful as this, you're going to have a great day. Um, uh, Damien Hancock rode his motorbike across from Perth through the That's desert. That's a big, big effort. He rode his motorbike and went, stopped at Alice Springs and then came down and just pitched the tent on the side of the road and, and got there. Uh, these are 18, these, well, less, 17, mm. some are 16. Right. And I haven't seen a heap of them. So the, the shape of the body shapes change, minds change, you know, you got bigger and fatter and all that sort of stuff. So you had to really look hard to recognise a few. Mm. Was Paul Normington there? Normie was there. Yeah. Normie How'd was, he look? He was, well, he's one of my really good mates. And um, he had a really bad accident when he was, well, I want to say, I left Melbourne when I was 16. Maybe he was 19, he was a motor mechanic and had an accident in the car and he's in a wheelchair. So that was that was a you know, really challenging time for us. But... He was there. He was an unbelievably good footy player, but he was there. And Becky, um, Becky, have they all paid for? Becky, Becky, and Kev Shaw ran the show, and Becky's a just great bloke, just a great character, and a big beer drinker. Big, big, big beer drinker. Because they love their beers. I'm not a big beer drinker. People in the country, they do love their beers. I'm going to run through them also because I said I'd give them all a mention. All of them. Tom and Charlie Zampag, Zampag Leonis, they were there looking magnificent. What was their family tied up with in Cobram? Tom and Charlie? Yeah. They were on the farm. Right. On the farm. Were they fruit growers? Um, I want to say dairy farmers. Right. I could be wrong there. Peter McCormick was there. He's a a, a paramedic. Mm -hmm. Um, Kev Shaw, he's up in Queensland. So he uh, helped organise it. 
Mel Anderson's a truck driver, or was a truck driver, but he's now running the show, he tells me. Uh, Hua Carling, who right. is our captain, right. came down from Darwin. What about captain. Coxie there? Farmer. Yeah. Farmer Cox was there. What's he do for a living? He's a farmer. <laughs> Dickhead. <laughs> Me and I had a good chat about uh, the land. <laughs> he listens to the podcast to get his tips. Uh, Daryl James, Jamesy, there's a whole heap of Jameses right. and Vixes and oh, they're everywhere. Um, Buffer Quirk, mm. bloody good player, Buffer Quirk. Mm. He's in Benigo. He's, I think he's a carpet layer. Pecker, my mate Pecker, the woodpecker, he's, uh, he runs the pub. Is he the one that just followed you around all day and picked up the cans that you were putting down because most of them were still full and drinking the contents? Is that the one or not? Well, he would have back in the day, but he doesn't drink anymore. Right. So back <laughs> Wasn't in that, him. Back in the day, he would have done that. I've, been, I've done a little bit of research. I've been reliably informed that uh, you had 48 cans. Easily. Or a sip out of 48 cans. <laughs> I did. I'm not a big beer drinker, Tim. I couldn't you're keep, not a big drinker, though, are you? I couldn't keep up. No, not you don't have to be. Ones. You don't have to be a big drinker. But, but you're I not want, a big drinker. But and I, you wanted to keep yourself nice and tidy because there were so many people there that you hadn't seen in a long no, time. No, not so much. I had to work <laughs> the next day. That's what I did. But uh, I was, I, you know, you get into the in the country as mm. Brooke knows around footy clubs, particularly when you're in a shower. It's a big deal being in a shower. Yeah. you got to, It's very, you know, you don't want to muck up a shower. How did you handle? Well, I just bought, you know, a few at a time, and just, you know, th- and then what would happen is that they'd come back to me all at once. So I'd have four, I'd have two in my pocket, <laughs> one in my back pocket. <laughs> oh, I was a lot of beer drunk, Tim. I, I was, it was a, an eye-opener. Yeah, there's uh, a lot of controversy on the day, too. On what? I've been told, anyway. I haven't got through the whole pack yet. No, but I just want to fire a couple of... Oh, well, yeah, you, go ca- you keep no, going. No, go on. Okay, well, I've just been told that um, there is a Gary Lyon room there That's at right. Cobram, isn't That's there? That's exactly right. Right. And That's you, upstairs. And you were going to go upstairs, but apparently there was a ladies' function that was <laughs> taking place at the same time, which meant you couldn't go upstairs. There was. Right. Yeah, of all the days to organise our reunion. How did you feel about that? Well, we... we Your name's on the door. I could You can't even get into the no, room. Well, I couldn't. Oh, right. Yeah, I could have. There's a super box up there, which I could have gone to. Well, I heard that you got up there a bit later in the we night, too. The and you were a big hit up there, too. After the game, we went up there. Don't you worry about that. Were you charging for selfies? No. <laughs> no, of course. But let me tell you this. I'm just one of the boys. Right. There's no big deal up there. This was about that. No pop-up merch outside? No there. merch. Nothing. Right. Nothing. Foxy, he was there. Uh, Berkey, Daryl Burke, remember him? Yeah, I remember Berkey. He played Melbourne and Brisbane. Yeah. yeah. He was at Essen for a while, that Berkey, wasn't he? No. I don't think, no he Is he the Berkey that used to work for Nike or one of those? No, no, no. Oh, no. that's a different Berkey. Okay. All right. There's a lot of them around. He was a legend. You blow your nose, I'll keep He was like our Foxy. He was like our Fonzie. All right. And then... Um, was there a dress code as well for the day or not? Because warm. I heard... Come warm. <laughs> I heard somebody turned up in a very, very expensive... Montclair puffer type coat. Well, that Is that would, right or not? Well, that would have been me. Right. That's the only jacket I had. But do you know what? It was a great day, Tim. It was a great day, and they hadn't changed those boys. They, they just, they were, um, they good fellas, great fellas, and and they enjoyed each other's company and loved the fact. And our coach Gus Underwood, who's a sporting, a, a media legend mm. in the gold, in country Victoria. Everyone mm. knows who Gus Underwood is. He's 80 years old, you know. He's got 25 stents in his body, he told me. 25? 25 stents. So he's done well to stick with us. Yeah. Uh, are stents, are they all associated with the heart? I don't know, are they? That's how I understand well, I don't know. You've been talking to him. Didn't you ask him what the stents were for? I felt a bit uncomfortable. <laughs> I didn't, I thought one might pop or something. <laughs> how many are you allowed to have? <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> 
He was working on the day. Kai played your rower in the footy. That's a lot of stints. So, there you go. Can't all be on you. You couldn't have 25 stints. 25, he said. You sure? Has he been an exaggerator over time you know, or not? You know those uh, straws when you used to hook a straw together and connect them? I think that's his whole uh, ventriculous <laughs> setup in his arc. It's like straws all around. He's a straw man. He's a straw man. So that was good. I wanted to talk about one thing that was a bit uncomfortable, though. Okay. Where did you stay? My sister's house. Right. Is dad. that your sister, Joe? Yeah. Right. So did Rick, because your brother Rick went up with you as well. Yeah, because he was the mascot in the photo. <laughs> The five-year-old mascot. It sounds like the mascot had, because he he told me that you rolled out of there about seven o'clock. Yeah, I did. And then he didn't get home until about he was midnight. Smashed, <laughs> absolutely. What about poor Joe, your blind. sister, having to pick you up and then having to pick know, him up she later was a as great well? Girl, great. And my other sister was at the ladies' function, so she was off. Um, and did mum she and, have a couple? Yeah, and mum and dad were away, so I stayed at her sister's. And oh. anyway, Rick and I got there about Saturday morning. We turned up at about twelve thirty, quarter to one. Very cold day in Kyabra. Right. I don't know how to... We went in and the house, the house was a bit cold. <laughs> it was a bit... I'm looking at Rick going, what's going on here? Surely they're not going that bad. <laughs> it was cold. Did they turn the heating on? Where's, well, they knew uh, that you'd be arriving in the Montclair. No. One of the best things about turning up to the country is you walk into a roaring fire or something. Something. something Icicles. Well, they didn't surely, go. maybe the heater didn't go on till overnight. Well, I th- well, that's what I thought. I thought yeah. clearly they haven't. Breeny, Breeny is a, a uh, electrician. Your brother-in-law. My brother-in-law. I'm yeah. thinking maybe they've got yeah. some issues with the gas or something. Right. So we head off to the footy. Oh, Trev Whiffle was there too. Trev Whiffle, <laughs> he's a great fella. Trev Whiffle. He nearly ruined single-handedly Royal Melbourne Golf Course when they <laughs> took him down. For How? One of the boys, the one of the boys' mates, Rod's mate's a member. They took him and Rod and Trev to Royal Melbourne, and I don't think they'd seen anything quite like. <laughs> Spent a lot of time in the shrub, Trev. Anyway, <laughs> that's by the by. Anyway, so we went off to the thing, came back in. I had a few beers by that stage, so the cold didn't yeah. worry. And then me and Rick woke up the next morning to come home to Melbourne. Mm. Colder. <laughs> what? The house was colder. <laughs> the heating didn't go on the overnight. The house was colder. We made a quick dash down of there to say, oh, do you want to stay for you? Oh, no, I've got to go. I've got to go. Right. So Joe didn't pick we, up. When you were sitting there eating your breakfast, shivering in your Montclair, she didn't pick up the, the, the signs at we all? We both jumped in the car and looked at each other. We had icicles coming off our, like our <laughs> nose, like dumb and dumber. And we both said, I think we're going to have to kick in a couple of 20, 30 bucks here to get the house warm. <laughs> oh, that's embarrassing, Tim. <laughs> She'll be thrilled with this. She listens to, <laughs> she listens to the That's a disappointing thing to find. Yeah. Anyway, they may be doing it a bit tough. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is a message for Boy Gooding. In case, <laughs> <laughs> in case he's listening, yes. I'll be there in March. <laughs> I'll be happy to put my hand in my pocket and pay for the power. Well, I think it's one of those ones where you have to put like a $2 coin into in the slot. Into the slot. You're listening to The Rabbit Hole for tyre power. Get your free five-minute tyre safety check. Great to have you with us uh, on the podcast. You're not going to believe this, Wisp. No. The bloke's back with another parcel. Not the same bloke. Hang on, let me... Hang on, let him in. He's a different bloke. What's his name? No, no. You're you're leaving a parcel? Yep. Just leave it on the inside there. 
He's running some sort of business out of the house. Oh, she does have a business. Bless her heart. She does. Bless. That's right. Uh, thank you. I hope you'll leave it there. Um, I tell you what. Don't let it interrupt the podcast, by the way. No, sorry. <laughs> Just continue on. We are welcoming, for the first time, officially, Cobham Estate oh, podcast. Monkey. Uh, you know, I went up there on a journey with Nick. Mm. Loved it. And, and Eric. Got you involved. Yep. Got your massive Cobham Estate gift pack. I'm on a deal. No, you're not. You're on, you're, I, I put you on the deal. No, no, no. I've organised a separate <laughs> oh, Have you? Yeah. They're Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil. Everyone knows that. They're grown, harvested, the first cold-pressed in northern Victoria, four to six hours after they're picked into the olive oil. Yep. So we welcome them, and every week we're going to do a recipe. Are we? Every day. You know what? Every day. I've got a shot glass at home. Every day I have a shot. before I come not. Before I come into work in the morning, I have a little shot of uh, Cobram Estate olive oil with some lemon squeezed well, into it. Our man Brent, never felt better. Our man Brent told us to do that. Yeah, never felt better. You don't have to squeeze the lemon into it. You I get, do. You can get lemon infused. I like to squeeze a little bit of lemon in there as well. Right now, right. this is the best foot. Can I just give you a recipe for the best footy snack? You can, as long as it's got Cobram Estate olive oil. Of course it, it has. Right of course it has. I'd never cook without... Uh, some Cobram Estate olive oil. And this is uh, sweet potato. You like sweet potato? <laughs> what sort of snack's this? Stay with me for one minute, okay? Sweet right. potato. Yes. You slice it up into not too thick pieces, right? You just sort of lay them all Julienne? out. Julienne? No, not that, no, not that thin. You've got to leave them a bit thicker than that. Mm-hmm. Lay them down. Just sprinkle a little bit of fresh thyme over them, some molten salt, some pepper, and then a nice heavy drizzle of the Cobram Estate olive oil over the top. Okay, give them a nice soak. Can you and believe then, this? And then put it in the oven and then just monitor it maybe for half. This is the best footy afternoon snack you'll oh, ever have in uh, your life. I'll put that out the tender. In a I like a bit of burnt on it, so I like to... Over, I like a little bit of char because I like that as an extra caramelization. Flavor. A little bit of caramelization, a little bit of char, mm. a little bit of thyme, and the extra virgin olive oil sprinkled mm. over it. It will be unbelievable. Okay. Well, remind me not to go to your joint to watch the footy. The whisk. What go. part of that don't you like? All right, let's. Uh, the footy's on, boys. Yeah, all the boys are around. Yeah, wrap your teeth around this. Yeah, wrap your, get stuck into these sweet potatoes. The only good thing about that was the olive oil, <laughs> let me tell you. And then they go. They I love would, the way you dismiss if things we live, trying. If them. we lived next door to each other and you had 20 blokes in there and you brought them out as your footy snack and they went, hmm, what's the old Garrity got next door? And I go, party boys, sausage rolls and a couple of hot dogs, the whole lot had walked next door. Yeah, maybe, but how do you drizzle your olive oil over that? My word, you do so they don't <laughs> do stick you? to the bottom of the pan, <laughs> my friend. <laughs> no, I don't use the common mistake on what that. What do you do? That would be with the slow co- slow cooked lamb shoulder that I'd have in the in the oven. Okay, you can do that next week. Later, I love good the, drizzle. Of the no, I love the sound steak. of that. I tell you what else I did while I was away. Okay, well on holiday, uh, while I was on holidays, I went to the tip. I'm, I'm becoming a bit of a tip rat. How good is it? What going? is it that you love about the tip? Is it the organisation of getting there and the fact that you've cleaned something up mm-hmm. and the accomplishment, yep. or is it the actual journey at the tip? All of it. The whole process. And there's some good characters at the tip too. Some well, they're my blokes. people. Yeah, they. They're, they're, they're definitely your people. Yeah. Yeah. So there's nothing better than saying to whoever you're with at the time, "Listen, darling, get them up, take a load to the tip." Yeah. So you load up the Ute. All the stuff that's been hanging around your joint for that long that you think, well, I'm going to get rid of that. 
and then you roll in. You put you you got to put a tip outfit on because you don't just roll up in your normal. Gear. Oh, you wouldn't be rolling up in your Greg Loren trousers no. to the tip. No. So I put my fur hat on and the gloves because you've got to get your gloves because you've got to throw everything out. Yeah. And the cleansing process of going to the tip. Well, you're not rubbing yourself in Cobram Estate <laughs> oil, are you? <laughs> no, I'm not. But you, you back the you, like, you talk to the boy. What do you got? What What do you got in there? Mm. Nah, just a bit of general. What do you mean? Nah, just a bit of, got any metal? Yeah, got a couple. Of, yeah, well that goes there. Yeah, yeah. I see mattress there. Has that got springs in it? No spring. Ah, that'll be right. That'll be right to go. So you have all that conversation. Do you have to separate it all. My word, you do, Tim. You can't just chuck a spring-loaded mattress into the uh, general rubbish. No, no, but I thought that you would just tip it in a spot. It's been oh, a long while since I've oh, been to the tip. Well, I thought you'd tip it in a spot and then they would separate. I rest my case. I used to live at the tip no. back in the day. Well, this, That's what we did. We had tip trucks well, the environment's and we changed and we'd him. take it to the tip. You can't just dump it all in one. Just have to go into the landfill. I would have done 12, maybe more trips to the keel or tip a week when? for about two years in a row. That was all green. Back in the day. That was green waste. That no, wasn't green waste. It was everything. Everything just went You know what tip. he did, one of the tip blokes? I don't know his name, but I will by the end of you know, the footy season. Mm. I'm going back. I'm backing up and he's having a good chat. He listens to the radio, you yeah. know, what's going on. How's Timmy? How's Timmy going? And I and actually met someone. I pulled up next to someone. He said, "When you blokes back on the radio?" <laughs> I said, "Well, next week." Yeah, no, nah, they haven't been listening while you have been away. So, good day to that fella. And I'm backing up, and he and I said, "Oh, I've got to cut this old saucepan." He goes, "Ah, metal's over there." So you chuck the metals into the old yeah. the metal bin. And I'm watching him and having a chat. And anyway, as he's chatting to me, he walks over and he gets his umbrella and puts his umbrella up. What? I'm thinking, sun's out. Well, it's blue sky. And next minute. 3,000 seagulls fly over. <laughs> he see, he well, sees, he's protected himself. He sees them coming. He goes, oh, look at the umbrella. <laughs> Could be the seagull poo. Has <laughs> <laughs> a look up, puts the umbrella. <laughs> yeah, no, hey, I, think the blues will, I think the blues will do pretty well in the finals. <laughs> you gotta, that's the sort you of stuff. Prepared. That's what you wouldn't know, see? Well, that you is and it. I see, would be there and you'd be talking no, to me and no. I'd... All of a sudden, I'd put the old mm. umby up and you'd go, what are you doing? And next well, see, on your head. So you've <laughs> just reminded me of going to the tip yet back in the day because we used to get down there and on a sunny day, they will have found a couple of deck chairs that somebody tried to throw out. So they were often just sitting there lying in there and they had an esky and they had the deck chairs out and they had an umbrella up there too that they'd salvaged at some stage. Well, that's the other thing. There would be some stuff that goes through there. Great job. My word, there'd be some recycling going on. Because then there was televisions. Because you know how much televisions, televisions don't cost much these days. Mm. A new telly, and they're all thin. And, you know, so people throw out their other tellies. I'm pretty sure they get. Salvageable, you think? I think salvageable. So maybe once I finish up with uh, the media career, it's probably (laughs) coming to an end. I wouldn't mind a job down there. I could run a very, very tight tip. I'll tell you what, start that bit. Once you get back from Kokoda with the kids, mm-hmm. start that business up, okay? Mm-hmm. You got your, you, you're going to get busy very soon because Charities, you, you got your tour. Free got, range tip. You've got your tour. You got your, have you got many people booked in this summer for Kikoda? the, uh, no, your tour, your property tour? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. no. You've Who's trained, coming out you've the tra- you've Yeah, trained. I've got a big West Indian <laughs> contingent. <laughs> They're coming out this year. I've got a large Caribbean special. I call it the Caribbean special. What is that? With the kookaburra. And <laughs> he, he'll dress up as a, as a, as a long-tailed parrot. 
<laughs> for people who don't realise, I did take a large Indian contingent for a trip around the property one day, and it was well received in the middle of an Indian <laughs> Indian taking on Australia in the cricket. Did they get the kangaroo tour as they well? They got the lot. They got everything. I squeezed 26 into a Kubota small <laughs> tip tray truck. Um, what about the Adelaide Crows? <laughs> He's gone. He's lost it. Vicky looked out the window and went, what the hell's going on there? <laughs> it was only initially it was yeah, the mum and dad. That's right. Who wanted to see a kangaroo. And I sent them up. The, I said, there'll be some up the back. And I saw them about Did they just come down the driveway? Uninvited. No, they were on the road. And you, you, and you, you would have called them in. I was mowing and I saw them and they were sort of looking over the fence. And I said... Can I help you? And they said, oh, I'm, I'm looking, yeah, kangaroos. And I no said, voices. No, no voices. <laughs> a little one? No, 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 not allowed to. Right. Kangaroos. I said, <laughs> no, there'll be lots of kangaroos. Go If there's none there, go up there. And mm. so they, they were older. They were like, I don't know, 50. So I must have been doing some other work and they were still there. And I said, I drove over. I said, did you um, find the kangaroos? No, no. No, no voices. I didn't do a voice. You did. Did I? Be careful. So they... I said, no. I said, all right, you want to see some? I invited them in, right? I said, go up to the right. the gate mm. and I'll come down and let you in. Mm. And I went down there to the gate and this is not a word of a lie, Tim. I opened the gate, 26, 26 people. What, jumped out from behind trees? They come charging through the gate with a ticket. There was. There was a, anyway, I said, righto. That's okay. It was that's fine. I said, "Come with me." So, Mickey's in the Mickey's in the kitchen just doing something. He looks out the window, and there I am with twenty, in fact, like three Indian families walking down the patio. She goes, "What are you doing?" I said, "We want to see the kangaroos." And so, so. Anyway, anyway, there's the kangaroos, right? At this stage now, there's three generations, maybe. No, no bullshit. There's a grandma and a grandpa, then like three lots of families, and then the kids. And there's the kangaroos, right? Right. They're there. Mm. They're beside themselves, excited. So what did they do when you asked hang them? On, if, hang on. Hang what on. Did, hang, <laughs> what, on. hang on. What did they do hang when on. you asked them if they wanted to see the kangaroos? Yes. Were you a little bit confused? <laughs> no. Anyway, I'm looking at the, as I said, there's three generations. Right. And the older, the grandma and the grandpa, and I, I said, do you want to go and see the, a bit closer? So I said, right, jump in. Right. This is. But I, they're old. How hang they, on. Right. I'm a kid's lives. I go. <laughs> Hop in, and I'll and then I thought I'll drive them down in the little Kubota yep. tip tray. The whole lot of <laughs> every every family hopped in my Kubota. I'm not. I'm going. I oh, know. I don't think it's gonna. I don't think it'll hold. This is true, Tim. I went, and then I thought, Jesus. So I jump in the Kubota and. It, and I drive down the hill, <laughs> and it got a bit steep. And I thought, oh, we're, no. we're going over This is going to be an we're international going, incident. We're going over here. <laughs> anyway, I kept it upright. We got nice and close to the kangaroos. They got thousands of photos, like had the greatest day of their life. I drove, <laughs> drove them back out the gate. 
and farewelled them. <laughs> Off they went. Do you think they've gone back to India and told others about this? Every Thursday I go down there, there's a... <laughs> <laughs> I take it for granted. We take it for granted, Tim. We take it for granted. They said it was one of the best, most exciting oh, days of their life. It sounds like it. It sounds and did it was Nikki, exciting did Nikki, for Nikki. Did, did, she put, did she put on some food and well, drinks? I said to her, I said to Nikki. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> I, I farewelled them. Yep. They loved They up 100% said it was the best day of their life. I, oh, why wouldn't it be? Yeah. And because um, you're guaranteed to see a kangaroo if you go down to your joint, no, no guaranteed, one hundred percent, and more than one too. And now I've got the now I can do the kookaburra kangaroo package. That's right. That's a bit more expensive, but I wish I had had that there because I because I can feed a kookaburra now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Little is that Kelvin, Kelvin or Kelvin's got friends now? Oh, he's got a lot of them. Yeah, heaps of them. So, does he eat out of your hand? Yes, he does. Out of your hand, he'll yes. land on your hand. Yes. and eat the mincemeat well, out of your hand. Well, actually, lands as soon as he sees me in the in the room, mm. he flies and sits on the back of the chair and just looks at me. So, can he can he tell the difference between a high quality mince and a low quality mince? Because sometimes you go to the very expensive store in Hawthorne and buy your mince, yeah. and then sometimes you buy it on your way no. down. Can he tell the difference? No, they're not like my cat, Pumpkin, right. who refuses to eat. Anything Super, but supermarket bought mints. <laughs> just looks at you. I've got the fattest, world's fattest cat, and you put the supermarket mints in its bowl, walks over and looks at it, and just looks at it and walks off. Right. That's 100% true. And says, Then you go to the butcher and get the primo mints, put it down, and he looks at it and says, Thank you very much. Who's your butcher, Pete? The. Oh, Glenfrey right. Gourmet Meats. Right. Yeah. Not you, you, you wouldn't be feeding, you wouldn't be feeding uh, pumpkin out of the butcher's bin, would you? <laughs> no, you would not. It wouldn't go anywhere near that. He wouldn't go anywhere near that. I don't know how we got onto that, but um, I want to talk about Adelaide and uh, and our friend um, jo- um, Rowe. What's his name? Yeah, Rowie. Rowie. Stephen, Stephen Rowe. Rowe. Yeah. Uh, we'll right. get back to that. We did it on the radio, so we won't go too hard. But they got robbed. Poor Adelaide. Our people who are listening over in Adelaide. Yeah, Adelaide he stood. Crows. I tell you what, I, I admire him for standing <laughs> his ground. <laughs> he stood his ground. He, he's not. I, I don't roll over. He stood his ground until he didn't. And I reckon that's as long as you can normally stand your ground. Stood his ground until there was a light zephyr of wind that came through and flipped him onto his back. He put his legs in the air, got a little tickle on the tummy <laughs> and said, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but that was a shocking decision. But we don't get into sport too much here. Uh, into the real heavy sport on the rabbit hole. But you couldn't you couldn't ignore that. Farmer Cox would be waiting right he now. Would be. You know he what you'd be. be waiting for, don't you? The, uh, the farming report. It's time to talk farming for Kubota. For over 40 years, Kubota's been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. So the farmer Cox, just on farmer Cox, Mm. he used to have a big property, six, eight hundred acres at uh, Kai West, used to milk cows for 30, I think he milked them for, he said for 30 or 40 years. Like if you milk dairy, Mm. if you're a dairy farmer for that long, and now I looked at him and he said, I've just stopped, he sold the farm and. Becky said for a couple of million, <laughs> for lots of millions. Yeah. And then he, he just looked like a new man. If you've been milking cows that long, you've got to have a serious case of RSI. Well, I would. You'd have a very carpal tunnel syndrome set up. But he had a big, big setup. So now he's not. He's, uh, okay. he's gone down your Will he be listening this morning or today? My sister Tracy's On the radio, on the wireless? He never misses. 
Okay. Now, I've been dying to get back here to talk to you about this one because I know you're an expert in this area. We've done all the pruning of the vines. Only We've only got half acre of vines, so it's not a massive job, but you end up with a lot, a lot of cuttings, right? You so you've got bud rot. No, no, I haven't got bud rot. I haven't got, I haven't got had, we're waiting for bud burst. I thought you said you had bud rot. We don't have bud rot. We're waiting for bud burst, which happens early spring, right? It hasn't happened yet, but they start to swell and then they burst, well, okay? But we're not at that stage. <laughs> Swollen bud. It, yeah, it does. But um, So we've got all the cuttings. I've piled them up. And I'm, what are the cuttings? The cuttings from the vines from last year's growth. What then you rake? Yeah, you, them cut, up. you cut it all that. You cut all that back, and then you got to clean it up. And you, you rake got, it. Well, you, of course you clean it up. You rake it all Have up. You got a machine that rakes it. Or well, not? I'm the machine that picks it up, and 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 Susie. So we clean it up ourselves, right? So you do all the pruning. Mm. You've got all the off. You got all the cuttings. Well, don't look at me like I'm stupid. A lot well, of you are stupid. You're asking stupid questions. So you are stupid. So then you put it all in a pile to burn it. How do you get your big pile of stuff going? Oh, now this is what the, now you're in my wheelhouse. A good litre of petrol. <laughs> Diesel or unleaded? Unleaded. Right. Then you light a, what a do you fire light? lighter. Yeah. And then you see how good a shot you are. <laughs> and you, when you light the fire lighter, mm. you've only got maybe three seconds before it takes your fingers out. <laughs> so you've got to light it, get back and piff it. Right. And it has to hit the petrol. Right. And then whoop, Right. Away you go. And that's a surefire way to sure. get it going. Yep. Sure as sure as hell. How do, do I you need do it? to do I need to call <laughs> the fire brigade at any stage? I'd have them on. Just have you got a special on. month for burning? Oh yeah. Because I, there was some smoke billowing out from your joint during the couple of weeks that you had. Yeah, no, I did did I you did have a, a permit for yeah, that? Yeah, no, I did a burn. No, right. it wasn't a big enough for a permit. I right. didn't need a permit. How big it. does it need to be before you got to get a permit? Oh, like a big one of those big bonfires where you build it up and up and up and up. You've okay. got to let everyone know if you yep. because but this was only a little leafy. Yeah. Cabin. Now we did all that uh, as well. So we've done all the raking up and just sort of burning all the leaves and stuff like that around the house because it's getting awfully dry down in West Gippsland. I can't believe awfully that. dry. I can't believe you're getting dry down. No, there. I think it's going to be. Uh, I think it's going to be a testing time for people down there over the next couple of years because of the weather conditions. They have changed and altered. Can I digress just marginally here? Sure. Because Dave Williams and Sharon, his, his his beautiful wife and family, are Rochester people. That whole flood plain, he was explaining to me mm. about letting Murray out, uh, water out of the Murray basement. Or, I, don't, I, I didn't quite. Un I understood it enough to know that it's a joke. What's right. going on? There. You'd had forty-eight cans. At what <laughs> stage of the afternoon did he start talking about? <laughs> That's this? a good point. But it, I, I hope that goddamn government. <sighs> let's not get started on that. No. Are listening to the people of Rochester and Achuca and all those floodplained areas. Mm. Let some water out. Let some water out now so that when the big flood comes, it can get, go into the catchment, not into people's backyards. That's a very simplistic explanation, but that's, it's a real, real problem. Right. Have you got any other farming tips or is just one enough this week? Would that be okay for Farmer Cox? Um, what was the tip? Well, the tip was your, your fire lighting tip. No, that, it wasn't. That was, that was the, the tip was you said to prune your vines. I don't think Farmer Cox has got vines. No, but everybody know anybody that's growing grapes knows that you've got to prune at a certain time of the year. So that's not the tip. The tip was how to burn them and how to get the oh. fire started properly. Oh, so because we had no luck at all. We couldn't get we couldn't get a bonfire going at all. Well, you didn't use my technique. No, I didn't. That's why I asked you the question this morning. Right on. That, um, that should keep farm happy for another week. That's right. But don't don't light a fire on a hot day and don't light a fire where it's really oh, well, windy that, either. I mean, yeah. that would be stupid. Well, stupid. You and I. We are experienced farmers, but the people know when to light a fire. That's not something you'd need to tell people about. Oh, of course you do. It's a farming tip. Would we get Farmer Cox on one week? 
Love to have. I'd love to have a chat. With he's you. not an overly verbose man. No, but he's he's economical with his words. He sounds like my type of bloke. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get him on. You're listening to the Rabbit Hole for tyre power. Get your free five minute tyre safety check. Oh, it's nice to be back with you and just blow the cobwebs out and get stuck into it again. We're not far away from the AFL final series starting, so uh, the final round of the home and away series gets off this weekend, and um, then we're into the real stuff. Uh, you getting excited about this final series, Wisp, or not? So um, these are quick fire rabbit holes. Yeah, n- not so much yet because. I'm still disappointed with my team and how we played last week. So I've never I'm, seen I'm, you flatter. I know. I've been as flat as a shit carter's hat, and I'm taking a long time to pick myself back up again. But I will once this is all over, and they'll give a great account of themselves this weekend against the Collingwood side. I'm sure of that. Then I'll start to get excited. What about all the retirees that have gone? Yep. So we saw uh, Isaac Smith, Jack Zeeble, Revolt, Cochin, Cunnington, Shuey. They all uh, have hung the boots up. Yeah, they have all, and I think we retire players um, so much better than what we did. You know, blokes used to just disappear. They'd be there for the last round and then they wouldn't turn up the next year and somebody say, where are they? Oh, no, they're no longer <laughs> exactly. playing. They're retired. Exactly. At least players get that opportunity now to farewell the game and the fans get an opportunity to farewell them as again. I think we do it well. Ange Postacoglu has started his coaching career in the EPL. I, I still think we're under, not everyone is, but I think the broader population doesn't understand just how massive it is to have an Australian manage an EPL side and Tottenham Hotspur who are no mugs um, and they drew their first game and they beat Manchester United in mm. their second game. It was enormous. Yeah, and I sent you that video of him. I know it's an old one, but it was on TikTok and uh, I know you had a look at it and it's extraordinary, isn't it, the way that he goes about it and the energy that he brings to the job and the message that he delivers to his players. We must be better. That's just careless. And only that small difference can be this one, two, three. We cannot fing consider it all bad. This fing will be the reaction of the Stop it! Do you want to be fing assaulted? A bit of fire and brimstone about him as well. That was at half time when he was coaching the Socceroos, I think. There's... I didn't understand one word of Well, that. you don't need to, but you can hear. You can hear. It was all about tone. Yeah, was it? Yeah. yeah. Not what he said, how he said it. How he said it. I yeah, like and it. the tone. And there was a couple of uh, things that needed to be uh, beeped out as well, which is part of which uh, was part of your coaching uh, vernacular as well. But you don't have you don't have success wherever you go mm. as a manager or as a coach by accident. So there's something about this man. I don't know whether he's a genius or not, but uh, time may prove that he is. If he has success with Tottenham in the EPL, mm-hmm. then I think we can probably say that he's a coaching genius. Next week, when we do the rabbit hole, we don't I want to talk about media. Like, Michael Parkinson passed away while we were away. Yeah, right? sad that. Yeah. So, Michael Parkinson is renowned as one of the greatest interviewers ever, right? He had his, he had his chat show interviewed, you know, over 2,000 interviews. What are you pointing at yourself for? No, I've based some of my technique <laughs> on Michael. Do you think about when, because we interview a person, yeah. at least one, maybe two a day on our radio, right? And then you do it in your in you know, footy life because you interview on coaches or whatever. Do you think about interviews or do you think about how to do them, what you're asking, where you want to get to, or do you just bowl up and do it? No. I it's think a skill, isn't it? It is a skill. It is a skill. And uh, I, it, I I copy you 
I, I, I follow what you do. I analyze you and the way you do it. I think you're a very good interviewer. It's sort of the, you add a little bit of levity to it's it, but it. no, there's nothing. There's just a little bit of levity to it, then the seriousness. And I think that the most important thing to do is to make somebody feel comfortable in the conversation. Mm -hmm. And once they feel comfortable in the conversation, they feel like they're having a conversation. Then you attack them. We'd not attack, but you, <laughs> then you feel like you can ask them some more, not, not difficult questions, but serious questions. So like, well, you've been interviewed stacks of times, mm -hmm. you have, as well as interviews. Yes. And I've been interviewed as well. The interviews that you enjoy the most are the ones that are not predictable, that challenge you, that don't ask you the same questions as you, and take you to places that you don't often go. Mm -hmm. That's, and I, I would imagine, what, well, Parkinson, you know, I went back and, you know, talk about rabbit holes. I went back and watched some of his yeah. interviews and who he, and how he went about it and the ability, the ability to not talk was one of his great, like he'd, he'd ask the question, the other person had answer to a point and then he wouldn't jump in and it forced the other person then to go even further. Mm. It's, a, it's a, like a great art. We tried that a couple of times and both just stayed in looking at us. Hasn't worked. <laughs> Hasn't worked yet. But uh, it's I, hard I love it. But it's easier to do when you're face to face with somebody and you can see yes. them and you've established eye contact. Yeah. But most of the interviews you and I do are on the radio. So if there's a long pause, we yeah. immediately think, we have to fill the airtime yeah. because mm -hmm. we don't know whether or not that person's going to speak again or whether the line's cut. We might do – because we tried some role-playing on radio this week that didn't it, – it's fair to say it didn't work. Only because I didn't know that we were role-playing. <laughs> yes, I said we're role-playing. I know, but I wasn't thinking about that. <laughs> I might interview you next week. I might – we might do a 15-minute interview, and I, I'll, I'll try Parkinson's style to get – You go and do out. some research. Though. Yeah. yeah. Oh, of course, I will do some research. Well – <laughs> well, what? That's not your strong side. <laughs> <laughs> Righto, that's it for the rabbit hole. Uh, we've got lots to talk about next week. Uh, this is, uh, well done, head off into the day. For tyre power, power up, sale now on. Get into your local independently owned tyre power today. This has been the rabbit hole with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson. For tyre power, Australia's biggest independent tyre retailer. Keeping you safe on the roads, tyrepower.com.au. Tune in to 1116 SEN each Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday from 6 to 9am to hear SEN Breakfast with Gary and Tim.